Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Weird Flicks But Okay. Uh, I'm Eric. And I'm Chelsea. And today, we're just going to talk about sort of... It's a little late for us to really do like a post-Oscars recap, but I thought, you know, we can talk about maybe just some movies that we're really excited about coming up this year, anything that we've seen uh, super recently uh, that we could talk about that we haven't talked about yet uh, that was fun to see. Yeah, we just want to touch on like what we've been watching and... Yeah. So if you guys want to tune in with us while we catch each other up on our own lives uh, (laughs) in terms of movies we've seen... Then uh, welcome and stick around. Yes. So I'm going to start this with a blanket. I have not seen many movies lately. What kind of movie podcast hosts are you? Uh, The worst kind. (laughs) Clearly. I mean, you've listened to this intro. Clearly I'm awful at this. Um, So I think that, I mean, the last thing that I know that we both saw was Knives Out. Yes. Um, what did you think of Knives Out? I was very pleasantly surprised. Maybe surprised isn't the right word because there was a lot of good things being said about it. But yeah. I was, like, pleasantly surprised about how much I liked it. hmm It was fun. Yeah. And well done. Yeah. And I really liked Daniel Craig in it. Yeah, he was really good in it. And then Tony Collette is my queen, so I love... She's amazing. <laughs> I mean, after... I, I always knew she was good, but after Hereditary... That, like, like, solidified everything. She's yeah. just the best. She's just the best there ever was. Ridiculous. She's I just so good. watched, like, a miniseries on Netflix with her in it, too. Just a side note. What was it? It's called Unbelievable. It's, like, a it's about this girl who is raped and it's about her rape case essentially that's it in a nutshell anyways tony collette plays one of the the detectives i see yeah well i'm sure she's wonderful because she's tony collette so she's great yeah so we watched knives out what did you think of it i really like knives out um for anyone who hasn't seen it in the in the most general terms uh it's basically clue 2.0 uh yeah it's uh, very there's a huge clue vibe yeah it's a really like intentionally fun sort of whodunit like light yeah taking place for the most part in just one giant mansion yeah yeah totally like internal to this mansion i mean they do go outside but it's like the majority of the movie takes place in this one sort of set piece and it feels very much like you are watching something that the person writing it was just like having like a delightful time like coming up with weird things to have happen and they weren't taking any of it too seriously and they don't want you to either it's it's just fun like it's just supposed to be fun fun and well done yeah which is like the best yeah yeah it was super it was super fun and it was really well done uh ryan johnson the director he he's had an interesting career he's had a very interesting career He did Brick, which, like, everyone seemed to love in, like, the indie circuit. Have you seen Brick? No. Um, I think that was his first movie. And it's basically, like, this movie about a kid played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt who's, like, going through this, like, very intense sort of, like, mob revenge story movie. But, like, 
everyone is just like teenagers so it's like it takes itself very seriously and then like randomly pulls back sometimes and you're like oh these are like stupid kids who don't know what the world is like and they're mm -hmm. just like playing adults basically um and it's it is fun i think it was like maybe a little overrated just because it was unique enough that people were like oh i've never seen this before but it was it was definitely fun and i think that he's had that air of like making fun things through his whole career um mm -hmm. we can't talk about him without mentioning star wars yeah so that's that's i think where his career took a really interesting turn because i almost feel like that movie could have killed him because or his career because like people didn't take that movie very well um, no some people did it's such a weird divisive yeah movie Super in that divisive. franchise i personally uh maybe a controversial opinion but i really liked it yeah yeah there are things about it that i really liked yeah i understand the criticisms it's a very strange movie. Like it's, it really is. It's really weird because, like, I feel like Ryan Johnson is like almost like an auteur director, and when you put someone like that in charge of a Star Wars movie, it's like, a, it's a very strange combination. Mm -hmm. He um, directed the Last Jedi. That's the one. Yes. Specifically, that we're talking about. Yes. It's kind of like the same thing as like giving a Thor movie to Taika Waititi. It's like. What? That turned out so well. But that turned out so well. So it's like you know it can work, but it is a risk mm -hmm. and it's and it's definitely not something you expect uh the result. Uh sort of no matter what. Like even though I did like Thor Ragnarok a lot, it still wasn't even the movie I was expecting. Um It wasn't the movie I was expecting, but in a good way. Until then, I was kind of blah about the Thor movies, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, the, I mean, the first like, two Thor movies were Yeah, whatever. so when I went to see this one, I was just kind of like, okay, like, it's a Marvel movie, I'm sure it'll be fine. And I left, and I was like, that was awesome. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I think a lot of it came down to, like, casting, you know, Jeff Goldblum and, like, all these weird actors, like, um, in the movie. And also just, like, having, you know, he let his own quirkiness sort of come through, like, uh, that we've seen in other stuff that he's done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, The Last Jedi was like, I feel like Ryan Johnson was trying to sort of inject bits of himself into the biggest franchise in the world. And it had a really weird outcome. I it think. was, it was very weird. But back to Knives Out. Yes, sorry. Knives Out. Um, super fun. And definitely like, it's one of those movies where you're just... It's like you have fun just sort of guessing like yeah who who did it the whole time and 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 who's bad and who's good yeah and like who what people's motivations are it's so clear right from the beginning that like this ensemble cast like everyone has a secret and like I was hoping so many times while watching this that I would find a character that I could like yeah. a little bit and I couldn't yeah there's maybe one like one or two likable characters yeah well, the main, the, the protagonist, um, who, by the way, I always forget her name. Do you remember her name? Uh, not off the top of my head, but I know she's 
that French actress, right? Is she French? She's not French. She's uh, Brazilian, I think. Or South American. I'm so sorry. I think I'm just thinking she's French because of Blade Runner. She sounds French to me. She sounds it in that movie. And she... I think that, like, Blade Runner 2049, I think she was one of the most, like, stunningly beautiful characters, like, in a movie. Just, like, the actress is so is so beautiful, and, like, the that character, Joy, I think, mm-hmm. the AI, like, she, she makes, it's like she's just, like, this, oh, I can't even describe it. Like, she just made me feel, like, connected to her as a character even though she's fake and then like watching you know her interaction with jay and stuff and that's such a painful thing when you see what happens to her i feel like there's like true loss there even though she's a machine that's sort of what that whole movie is about it's like artificiality versus like real people and stuff and what makes people people but anyway she uh is beautiful i think yeah and i liked seeing her in something that was like so different like i almost couldn't equivocate the two characters of like joy and the the yeah no i couldn't medical attendant in this i movie. couldn't at all i knew that she looked familiar but i couldn't think of what it was until i realized it was from blade runner but yeah she was really the only Maybe other than Daniel Craig, the only likable character I thought in this movie. And she was just so completely innocent seeming. Like, literally, it's built into her character because if she lies, she gets sick. Yeah. Like, it's she's so inherently pure that she is incapable physically of lying without it manifesting. Like... Which is great. I, I think that's a fun way to, like, generalize or to, I guess, to elevate, like, specific things, character traits, and, like, put them to, in a place where, like, it's okay that this is all heightened and all these characters are so extreme because, like, it's still so fun and you're not trying to, you know, it, you don't feel like it's, like, too heavy-handed and, like certain characters are out of place because they're like extreme versions of something because everything is that the whole movie is like this blown out experience but uh yeah i really liked it uh i loved chris evans sweater <laughs> yeah he had some uh serious sweaters yeah was it just the one sweater i because think... i'm picturing like a wardrobe of douche I... sweaters I think it was just one, but I'm not sure. And he definitely was a character that seemed like he was maybe, like, going to be good. Like, you know, have a redemption streak or something. But then he he didn't. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't seen Knives Out, we both recommend it. Yes. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, and then you've seen other movies lately. That yeah, I've, not... I've been watching some. Uh, rewatching some old ones, like I just so Andrew hasn't seen Jurassic Park since it was released. That's crazy. That's crazy. Insanity. Yeah. That's, so I've seen that movie so many times. Like, <laughs> so we rewatch that, 
Like, I never in my life thought I would be re-watching Jurassic Park with somebody who's basically watching it with mostly new eyeballs. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Thrilling. Yeah. That in itself is such a phenomenon, you know? It was. So we rewatched Jurassic Park, saw Jeff Goldblum in all his glory. Yeah. Uh, and then, why can't I think of her name? Laura Dern. Yes, Laura Dern. I love her too. I love Laura Dern. And yeah. then Sam Neill, who always looks like he's up to something creepy. Yeah, he really does. It I, was it was a very interesting role for him, I think. Like I think you're right. I mean, at the time I didn't really know that. Right. At the time, that was what I knew of Sam Neill. Yeah, that was, was Sam he Neill. is that guy and that's it. And then I slowly started like seeing other Sam Neill things and I was like, oh like Event Horizon. Event Horizon that is the Sam Neill that I picture. <laughs> That's now the Sam Neill that, like, that seems much more Sam Neill speed yeah. than Jurassic Park. Uh, but, uh, Event Horizon. You brought up Event Horizon. No, like, we I can't. Talk, We're not. I know. We I can talk about it. Event Horizon for this entire podcast. I'm not going to do it. You should all see that movie. It's it's so underrated. It's Creepy so awesome. sci-fi space horror, if you're wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we rewatched Jurassic Park. Yes. And that was fun. We just went to see The Invisible Man last night. Mm-hmm. Also good. Yeah. I guess that is one of Universal's attempts to kind of bring... It's the shared universe thing, right? Yeah. The and monsters. I, I think that's weird. The Mummy was weird. the first one. Yeah, which I didn't... At first, I didn't know what they were doing when they released The Mummy, the Tom Cruise version yeah. of The Mummy. Yeah, yeah. At first, I thought, oh, is this like a continuation or a rehash of the Brendan and Fraser right. Mummy? Um, excellent film, by oh, the, the way. the first one is it's just fantastic. Yeah. We, we love The Mummy here. Yeah. So. Uh, but obviously, it has nothing to do with that. It's the Tom Cruise, and they're using the universal you know, monster movie monsters. Yes. So there's like The Mummy and... Uh, this one is The Invisible Man. Yeah. And this one doesn't really emulate the first one all that much at all. Or the original. The original Invisible Man from movie. From forever ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's super old. Yeah. I don't know which decade specifically, but... Oh, God. I feel like it was maybe the 30s. I think that's correct. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, But it's... It didn't feel like a monster movie, which I know is not supposed to necessarily. Right. It just doesn't feel in the same realm of a monster movie. Like, of a mummy. Yeah, yeah, of the mummy <laughs> yeah. and um, Dracula yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but on its own, if I'm not thinking about how they're trying to franchise monster movies currently, which isn't really working out, honestly... Um, in turn, how they want it to. Right. Anyways. But if I disregard that information, I thought it was pretty good. It was a pretty good, like, just thriller. Yeah. Um, it was fun to watch. Elizabeth Moss gave a great performance, as she pretty much always does. Yeah, she's really good. Although, I did hear she's a Scientologist. She is. So I guess they like to cast Scientologists. As leads in their films. I wonder if that's going to be like, you know, John Travolta's in the next one. and They just keep going with that. That'd, That'd be, be weird. If it's they... actually the Church of Scientology that's yeah. bringing all these movies The true back. monster yeah. <laughs> is the Church of Scientology. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I, again, it didn't feel monster movie, but it was a good thriller, I guess. Uh, it was fun to watch. Did you ever see Hollow Man? Yeah, okay, I'm glad you brought that up, because I was going to, and I almost forgot. Because I haven't seen it, but oh. there's enough of, like, me seeing this trailer and being like, this looks like Hollow Man. It was a lot more like Hollow Man than it was the original Invisible Man. Okay. For sure. Okay. So for those of you who have seen it, myself not included. Yeah. But it's not in a it's not in a shitty way. Like this movie's decent. It was a pretty yeah. good movie. Yeah, yeah. The movie wasn't shitty. It's just I'm criticizing the ideas behind the production company, but I <laughs> know I get I mean I think it's incredibly strange. The whole like universal monster shared universe thing like that 100% to me feels like they went, "Oh, guys, the Avengers. Have you seen that?" <laughs> And then, like, we got to do that. And then, you know, what What do we have? What's available as a franchise we could do? And then, because in a sense, it makes sense. Because it's like, there was basically like a 10-year window where we got, uh, you know, like in the 30s, where we were getting like Dracula and the Creature from the Black Lagoon and the Mummy and Frankenstein, the Bride of Frankenstein. And like, all these characters there was like a zeitgeist that were, were like, yeah. they were a big thing and they were all being produced by the same company. So it's like, in that regard, I feel like them pulling on that, it isn't crazy. It's not. And it could even be kind of cool. Although I don't think that those, I don't think monster movies like that work the way they did back then. Yeah. Unless they do some sort of new twist in a positive way. Right which they haven't really shown us. They haven't put a new spin on it to make it both current and not so current that you just want to, you know, turn your head at it. Yeah. Please. Well, uh, I don't I don't care if you say, uh, if you spoil it for me. Are there any references to the larger, like, Universal Monster world in this movie? No. If none the, at all? None at all. If there are... They're like Easter eggs. It's egg, Easter so egg, see, and I you know? couldn't notice, which is good. Yeah. It so, felt like its own own little yeah. film. Yeah. Th I mean, that's that's what I think they should do, but it seems like that is not their intention. Right. So I'm, I don't really know about what they have in production right now, what else to go in that quote-unquote universe. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know... But I, I do know in the Mummy movie, which I haven't seen, the Tom I Cruise one. I haven't seen it either because it looked awful. It looks so bad. And I've heard it was pretty awful. It sounded so bad. Yeah. Like Mission Impossible, but with a mummy. Yeah. Kind of. Well, Tom Cruise is yeah. running. Yeah, exactly. There's a mummy. Tom Cruise pretends he's like 30 because the love interest is probably 30. I think there's actually like a contractual thing he has that I've heard where like he has... Like, he always is basically being set up in movies like he's, like, 30 years old. Forever. Like, yeah. forever, yeah. Which, I, I mean, like, I the guy looks great for his age, and he's in amazing shape, but um, he's not 30, mm -hmm. and I can see that in his face. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, what I was going to say is they introduced, I know, in that movie, Dr. Jekyll in the Mummy movie. Oh, they did? Yeah. And oh. he was played by Russell Crowe. See, I would have known that they were trying to do this franchise thing if I had seen that movie right. then. Right, exactly. Like, they're actually trying to, like, merge 
worlds. These are wild times. This is a this is a strange. You got to really work to for that dollar in <laughs> yeah. Hollywood these days. Apparently, yeah. I mean, like the the sequel, prequel, remake, reboot uh, thing apparently can only get you so far before you have to get real creative uh, in bad ways. It seems like creative in bad ways. Love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Invisible Man was good. I heard a lot of good things before I went to see it. It didn't floor me, but it was good. Good, you know, popcorn thriller or whatever. Yeah. Uh, What else did I see? I also went to see The Lodge. Yes. Which is, again, it's like a psychological thriller, but it is way more on the horror side, I think, than thriller side Mm -hmm. of the spectrum. I will read the synopsis for you. A soon-to-be stepmom is snowed in with her fiancé's two children at a remote holiday village. Just as relations begin to thaw between the trio, some strange and frightening events take place. So, yeah, a soon-to-be stepmom and her two kids trapped or staying in a lodge in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. This movie was... I liked it. Okay. It's very bleak. Yeah, that's not a and bad thing. That's it's not. Right. No, it's not. It's very bleak, and it doesn't really let up in its bleakness. You're not going to feel joy at any time ever. during yeah. ever this again. It's time to feel bad. <laughs> you yeah. won't feel it when you are watching this. And there's a part in the beginning that actually shocked me. Like my mouth was open. <laughs> you were agape. I was agape. Like yeah. literally, mm-hmm. I was. That's impressive. It is impressive. But I also am not, like, the greatest at predicting. Because I like to go with the flow of the movie, and I just let it take me there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... That's good. Just live in the moment. That's super zen. I just love to... Like, West Coast stuff. I just vibe. You just vibing. I'm always just vibing. You just vibe with the movie. That's all it is. But um, the rest of the movie is very slow burn. Okay. It's not a conventional horror. I think it was trying to do something kind of, like, hereditary. There are a few little nods to that in here, which I'm not surprised because that movie was huge, huge for the horror genre and kind of set almost set a new precedent. I think we're getting a lot more horror films that are similar to Hereditary or similar to a lot of other A24. A24 is like basically reshaping, I think, the the landscape in film right now. Absolutely. Which is insane and amazing. It's like, great, yeah. Everything they do is incredible. And the fact that people are paying attention is even more incredible, I think. I agree. And I think it's doing a new thing for for horror, which is great, too. Because yep. horror is, for so long, has been... I mean, it's been a lot of different things, but we've had a long stretch of just B-movie... Super just tired yeah. conventions. Nothing... And... Yeah, tired conventions, nothing new. Yeah. Nothing scary, because we've seen it all before. Yeah. I think that what, something that's really special about A24 movies that are like at least partially horror or full horror is that they they don't even always have to be scary. Like at their core, they're just good movies. And I think that's what's so yes impactful about them is that like at the end of the day, whether or not you were scared, you can still think that that was a great movie and not feel like you were cheated of anything if you weren't like straight up afraid you know like the witch didn't scare me it it i loved it like it it, that's you know 
I, I've talked about it before, but like, it didn't scare me. It was just a beautiful, like, perfect movie to me. And I feel like Hereditary did scare me, but even if it didn't, it's just a great movie. Like, Midsummer didn't scare me the way that Hereditary did, but... Right. But if something if something makes me feel uneasy yeah. or creeped out, I consider that just as good oh, yeah. a quality in, Super a, successful. in a horror movie that as scaring would yeah. be, which yeah, yeah. I guess a lot of people's definition of being scared would be kind of different when it comes to movies. But no, I totally agree. I like the direction that it's going. Yeah. Um, so this film kind of was in that realm, a little bit unconventional, slow burn. It was a little too slow at times. But was this a twenty four? You know, I don't think so. Okay, I don't. I I don't think I've even heard of this movie. It's like somehow. I mean, I want to say it's kind of in the realm of indie. Yeah. I guess I would say if you haven't even heard of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good indication. <laughs> but no, I don't think it was a twenty four. I can't find the um, company. But okay. Anyway. But yeah, the lodge. It was. I want to go into more depth, but then I'd have to actually talk about the characters and what happens. So if you're interested and you like slow burn and things that kind of try to emulate hereditary type (laughs) themes, go ahead and see The Lodge. That sounds like a a cheapening, but I don't know if you mean it like that. I kind of do mean it like that. You do mean it like that? A little bit, yeah. Uh, Because, you know, you you could say things like hereditary and, and you could mean... Good in a good way but you you can also easily say people that saw hereditary and said we should do that and no like, that's what i mean yeah, here. Okay. yeah they, it's like they saw hereditary and they were like oh what if we add in this element here yeah, yeah. make the score sound this certain way yeah but it was still fun to watch <laughs> which is funny to say because it's so bleak it's yeah. just fun to watch uh fun to watch all the sadness <laughs> and muted colors Okay. Desaturation. A lot of desaturation. Uh, no, but it was uh, interesting. I mean, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. And then speaking of A24, I also watched recently one of their films, uh, Waves. Yeah, I've heard. Of, I have heard of that one. It was really good. I've heard it was really good. I actually loved it. Um, and I want to read that synopsis too. Basically, it is the epic emotional journey of a suburban African-American family as they navigate love, forgiveness, and coming together in the wake of a tragic loss, which I was like 45 minutes into that movie, and I really quick looked up the Rotten Tomatoes score, and I saw this summary, and I was thinking, a tragic loss? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know there was going to be a tragic loss. (laughs) Because it hadn't happened. It hadn't happened yet. So now I knew, and I was expecting it, but... Probably go into it without knowing much or without much expectation. I think that's when it's going to have the most impact. But it was very emotional, almost tiresome mm-hmm. in its like level of emotion. It was very unrelenting, actually. But it's a lot of different, different perspectives and emotion in different ways from different characters. It was... Interesting, uh, but it was also like stylistically kind of what you would expect from A24 yeah. in the realm of, uh, have you seen the show Euphoria? 
No, but the trailer alone really makes me want to see it because it's gorgeous. It is. It is. And uh, actually, one of the actresses in Euphoria was in this movie. So, of course, my brain like goes to that show specifically, but it's following high school-aged, for the most part, kids, Euphoria. which is... Si- no, sorry, the movie, Waves, oh, Waves is, is. Okay. which is very similar to Euphoria. And then there's a lot of busy, like aesthetics like colors and lights and yeah sounds it's all very overstimulating but for me that's in a good way like i really liked that style yeah. some people might think it's maybe even trying too hard or being a little pretentious with that and with the level of drama and emotion they might find that pretentious as well but i really liked it and thought it worked well together yeah so that was waves and i think it has I, when I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes score, yeah, it's way lower than I was expecting. Really? Yeah, I guess. Not. I feel like A twenty four doesn't have low scores on their movies. I know. Well, it, they're so good. Like, it was in the eighties. I okay. just expected it to be higher. Yeah. Okay. The low eighties. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I thought for a second you meant the movie was set in the eighties. Oh no. I see what you're saying. No, the the score the was score. in the eighties. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, that's not bad that's actually quite good but yeah i know i i have heard that movie is very good um and it's funny because i haven't seen it and i also haven't seen euphoria but i i was already connecting the two in my head just because of the the stylized nature of like the trailers of both of those yeah. things uh zendaya is in euphoria right yes okay but she's not in Waves. No. Okay. So there's a different actress that's yes. in both of them. Okay. Uh, the actress that's in both is Alexa Demi. Okay. So, but the movie's good on, like, all levels. Like, the yes. story's good. The acting's good. The yes. visuals are obviously Yes, the acting great. actually was... There was one in particular that I thought was great. Uh, it, I mean, it was solid performances all around. Mm-hmm. But the girl that plays the daughter, Emily, her name is Taylor Russell. Mm -hmm. She was in particular really good, I thought. Uh, So just a quick shout out to her. All right. Yeah, so performances were good uh, technically and story-wise. Good movie. Definitely go see Waves. Yeah. That's like home video now, right? Like that's not in theaters anymore, is it? I think you can have... At the very least, like rent it or buy it on Amazon and streaming services. So I know it's available there. Okay. Yeah, I definitely want to see that one um, based on what I've heard. Mm-hmm. And the other than Euphoria, the other thing that I thought about was Moonlight. Um, yeah. In, when I saw the trailer for Waves. Yeah, similar to... Um, yeah, I see where you see that. But not necessarily like the plot, more like the stylization. Right. I thought Moonlight was just beautiful. Like, I thought that was such a beautiful like horrifically tragic movie um in a lot of ways even though it's not like a sense of loss the way that like many movies traditionally handle loss i think that movie had such a poignant thing like statement about toxic masculinity and in black culture especially which waves actually did too it did really touch on toxic masculinity and again grief and loss and forgiveness I didn't think they had race and sexuality as much of a forefront. Like, I think it was more about 
again the emotions and the actual and the story so they didn't like of the people right their story right like the like the fact that they were african-american didn't have anything to do with the actual content that's cool i mean i feel like so often when movies about minorities happen they're like it's like they're forced to make a statement because Mm -hmm. of like the nature of hollywood and stuff and they can't just be about what you want them to be about right without like also making this ancillary statement yeah and i didn't think that waves was making any statement at all in that way i get i mean if someone maybe picked up on something and i didn't yeah definitely tell me but i didn't see those elements in there at all yeah and and you know movies can still make statements without making statements yes and i think that that's always really cool when a movie uh when the the filmmakers are sort of trusting the audience to not have to be able to read between the lines to not have to have their hand held through everything um that in general i feel like is a really strong aspect of uh of A24 movies in general is like the, the directors never seem like they are holding the audience's hand. And I think that it's huge of the studio to not get in the way of the artist and not demand that they put more like mainstream friendly stuff in their movies and they're still successful and they're still, you know, it's just, it's so cool to see because I feel like for so long we just did not have a company like A24 doing anything um, in the realm of horror and, you know, the more artistic, surreal stuff. It's just like, you know, you'd catch something here or there, but like A24 is just like consistently knocking out. Yeah, absolutely. They are killing it. Yeah, just killing it. I feel like this is almost like, our podcast is almost just an A24 appreciation uh, hour. Really. I know. But it's like, what What do you want from us? A24 <laughs> is doing the best work in the biz. To be fair, we did discuss two A24 movies, so it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I've been watching lately, a few of the things I've seen. I don't think much else of note. And then we have a bunch of movies we're excited for coming up. Yeah. I did just remember, I did see a movie. Oh, you did? You saw a movie? Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yes, wild. You guys probably don't even believe me. Um, I saw The Color from Outer Space. Oh, I just saw something. Color Out of Space. Yeah, I just saw someone talk about that. I have no idea what it is, though. So it's based on a Lovecraft story. I feel like it didn't translate very well. No? No. I didn't love this movie. Uh... And I am disappointed because I really thought that I was going to like this movie a lot. And then I went to see it and I was like, this is... First off, I feel like... I'll start here. I feel like the people that made this movie, and I have not at all looked into who made this movie, um, which that in itself says something, I think. The people, whoever they may be. Yeah, those people. I'm not pointing any fingers um the the people who made this movie i feel like saw mandy and yes. then they went what if we made our movie look as visually wild as that movie 
and we got Nick Cage and used a Lovecraft story. And like that was the whole thing. So they mashed a few elements together yeah. to try to create. I feel like they mashed a bunch of stuff together that like any person that likes one of those things would probably like all those things. Yeah. Like I love Lovecraft. I love Mandy. I, Nick Cage is great. Yeah. You know, they were um, hitting a certain demographic. Yeah, they sure. knew, like, I was their target audience. Yeah. But the problem is that it felt like pandering. And yep. you don't really see movies, I think, very often that are pandering to people like me. Because that's not a cash grab. Like, there's not enough people like that. It's not a mainstream pandering thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying I'm, like, super cool or hipstery or anything, but, like... I think my interests lay outside the realm of like the average moviegoer, which means that if you're trying to pander to like a small demographic, then I don't really know what your business strategy uh, is is going right. for. Right, an um, interesting choice. Yeah, and and the only other thing I can I can think is that the people who made this movie really do love this stuff, and they wanted to make a movie that they loved, but they just don't have like the artistic vision mm-hmm. of... They just didn't quite hit the mark. Yeah, like they're not a Panos Cosmatos or right. they're not, you know... What a freaking name. Oh my God, it's amazing. He's like a Greek god, like... Panos Cosmatos. Yeah, and he's Canadian. Like, <laughs> And that's his real name? <laughs> I think it's his real name. I think he has like Greek heritage, which is, that's just a Greek name, but... That's fantastic. I mean, maybe he, maybe it's like a career name. I don't really know. Like Duncan Jones being uh, David Bowie's kid, and his name is like Zoe Bowie or something. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. But anyway. Yeah. What a name. This movie, uh, kind of a hot mess. Okay. Um, there's a lot of like using colors that are very in vogue right now, like lots of just rich purples and pinks and neonish stuff and you know like oh randomly uh I'm trying to remember which one it is cheech and chong mm-hmm. chong i think isn't it oh um the one who's in less things i feel like cheech yeah. and in a bunch of stuff he is um yeah chong okay so he's randomly in it um i just feel like it's just a huge mess. It's just like a huge, like, there are a couple things that they pull directly from the Lovecraft, but they modernize the story. So, like, it's really weird because I feel like Lovecraft was already writing in, like, an antiquated style, even in his time. Like, you know, he was he was basically using, like, 19th century literature styles in, like, the 1920s. Um which was already like antiquated and like super baroque and like over the top and then so the basically there are like a few lines in this movie that reference very lovecraftian things but the problem is that like the majority of the movie is just a modern movie with like people talking normally and or not normally but like in 21st century in a way. And I just feel like they, they just wanted Nick Cage to go crazy. Like they just wanted us to see that. They just wanted to like 
play with some special effects and throw some body horror stuff in there, like kind of like the thing and stuff like that. Because they probably loved all these things and they wanted to just shove it all in one movie. Right, but, but they didn't have the correct vision to make it work. Yeah, and it wasn't cohesive and it was just like a big pointless mess, I feel like. Yeah, well that's too bad. It is too bad. I was really excited. Like I, I thought that could be really cool. And then it just wasn't for me. Well, hopefully there are some other movies you're excited about. Oh, there are. That will maybe live up to the excitement <laughs> a little bit better. Yes. There are movies that... That movie was like I was on the fence about. Like, yeah. that's not an A24 movie, which right. I basically automatically just trust to be good. It was just a movie that looked generally in my wheelhouse of interest. Right. Um, and then it was just... Uh, Fell flat. So tell me what you're looking forward to. Okay. So I'm going to say it right now. I'm calling my favorite movie of the year. Oh. Now. Now you're going to call it? I'm calling it now. All right. 2020's The Lighthouse, but... But not. Not. And, yeah. This is going to be to 2020 what The Lighthouse was to 2019. Yes. So, it's an A24 movie. Isn't that weird? Shocker. Uh, it's The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. If you guys haven't seen the trailer for The Green Knight, go watch it. And if you have seen it, go watch it. And if you have already seen it more than once, just go watch the trailer for The Green Knight. Because I think that it looks absolutely stunning. Uh, it it speaks to... it's so Like, I say this all the time. It's so much an Eric movie that, like, I can't even... It's like someone plucked out of my brain. Like, what if... What would his just ideal thing be as a movie? And then they made it a movie. Like, it's Arthurian legend, Mists of Avalon stuff. Like, I I have never thought there's been, like, enough movies that deal with that time period and that mythology. And even when they do, I feel like they just cheapen the crap out of it. Like, those movies just suck. Either... It's Excalibur, which is, like, visually an awesome... It's basically, like, a two-hour music video. It's, like, beautiful, but kind of a stupid movie. Mm -hmm. Or it's, like, the King Arthur movie, which is, like... That's a movie for, like, 16-year-old boys. Like, that's right. not a good movie. Sadie would maybe argue with me. That's, yeah, someone might be listening to this. Someone we know. And they will no longer be listening to this because you made that comment. Yeah, and I'm King so... King Arthur is important to them. Right. And I'm so sorry if that's you out there. But... But the thing is, is it's a terrible film. It's just bad. <laughs> it's just bad. And this movie just looks incredible. Is Jake Gyllenhaal in it? Or did I imagine that? I think you imagined that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting that out. Um, no, it's got it's got uh, Dev Patel, right? Yeah. Okay, that's right. And um, it has <laughs> the guy from Prometheus, the guy with the red hair. Uh, nope. Fifield, I think his character's name was. But I can't um, remember the actor's name. He has red hair and like a beard, and he had like a facial tattoo. And he was the guy that was like randomly okay. just a douche for no reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I. I did watch the trailer for this, but I don't remember it very well. But it does look cool. Yeah. So Dev Patel is Sir Gawain. And uh, it looks like the guy I was just talking about from Prometheus is King Arthur. And 
it looks like his, the queen is um, the woman from The Witch, uh, whose name I am forgetting. Uh, uh, Kate Dickey? Kate, I think her name's Kate. She was in Game of Thrones. She was in okay. The Witch. You know who I'm talking about, right? I think so. She was uh, the queen of the, uh, in, in Game of Thrones, she was the queen of the veil or whatever. And she had the, the way too old kid oh. that she was breastfeeding. Yes, I don't know the actress's name. I think it's Kate Dickey. I know who you're talking about. Okay. Anyway. Oh, she's in Prometheus too. It's oh, weird. Would you look at that? <laughs> I love Prometheus, by the way. That's an unpopular opinion. But um, yeah, so the Green Knight looks magnificent. It's It's... For those who are not familiar with the Arthurian legend of the Green Knight, it's basically like one of the most misunderstood, like anthropological pieces of like mythology that exists from ancient times. Like people don't really understand what it's about. It's been reinterpreted over the years. Um, even like ancient peoples reinterpreted it from earlier ancient peoples. And it's just bizarre and strange in ways that I adore. I love, like, when people wrote these fables about, like, the world when they didn't really understand it yet. And, you know, it's just like everything's everything's strange and magical and dangerous. And it's all things that we don't understand. That's a part of why I love The Lighthouse, too. It was, like, about the sort of mythology of facing nature and like things that are bigger than you and man's attempt to like grasp that and confront it and stuff. Um, this movie looks like more of that and it just looks stunning. It just looks absolutely stunning. Yeah. I'll be excited to see it and see how it manifests. Um, speaking of fables and legends, yes, there's another movie that we're both kind of excited for antlers. Yep. Y'all ever heard of a Wendigo? Eric has. I have. It's I like Wendigos. a it's a Native American legend. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, so this movie, it's Guillermo Guillermo del Toro. Did he direct it? Did he? I thought he produced it. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Or he's involved. I know in some he's way. connected to yeah. it, and I'm sure he designed. <laughs> he probably Wendigo. designed the yeah. monster. Yeah. Uh, sorry to whoever did direct it. Apparently, <laughs> you're not. You've been enough. overshadowed. <laughs> but yeah, we have a movie about a Wendigo, which we don't necessarily Never that. have. That yeah. Never see it. At least not that I know about. So it's not. It's not a common myth. It's. It's like. You know, it's sort of North America's version of like a vampire. Or yeah. But we it's don't... a it's a creature movie kind of yeah, I mean at its heart it's a creature movie uh but it's going to be I don't know I don't know what it's gonna be I don't know what the movie's gonna be like I watched a trailer for it the other day it does it is definitely more in the realm of like mainstream horror which isn't a bad thing mm-hmm. I don't say that like in a bad way but it's definitely not a twenty four style like we were just talking about. Uh, it is like art. It's not like art. 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 <laughs> but dork art. Yeah, I don't know. I am just excited to see this movie, even if it's not great. I think it'll be fun to watch at least. It better not disappoint me. Yeah, that's not like your most anticipated movie of the year, no, is it? It's not. Although I just don't. 
know about a lot of other horror movies coming up, except I know A Quiet Place 2 is coming this month. You know what? What? I still haven't seen A Quiet Place. Oh. Get out of here. Why? Just end the podcast here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, A Quiet Place is good. I mean, I wouldn't say like... A lot of people think it's like... The best. The best I, movie. After I place. saw it, I was super into excited it. about it, super into it. I was like, wow, good job, John Krasinski. Yeah, yeah. And wow, that was a horror movie, but it was a good movie too, mm-hmm. which is always like a surprising always combo. A treat. Yeah. So I was super excited about it as well. Uh, but I don't know. It's fun to watch. Like, you should definitely see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that. And then the sequel's coming up this month. So I am curious to see how that's going to be. It's not going to be anything like the first one i can tell you that already because part of the part of what was so good about the first one is it was unexpected and so you can't really recreate that feeling which i think that they want to i mean you know they're doing a sequel because that one was so popular and i think that they do that so often in hollywood yeah oh you like this let us do it again yeah but they don't understand you can't like recapture that magic always right so that will be interesting that's coming up and then this summer, I'm stepping out of the realm of horror, but Wonder Woman. Yeah. Pumped. Pumped. 1984, yeah. right? Yep, yeah. Wonder Woman 1984. The trailer is really good. The trailer uses uh, Blue Monday in it by New Order, which is one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite bands. Yeah, and it's a very excellent use of that song. It is. And it's also, it, it's the movie takes place in the time in which that song was was uh, very popular so yes so it works it just works uh, a lot there are a couple little parts in the trailer that i think are a little like cheesy but obviously well, you have to get over that i mean just, it's a at the end of the day this is a dc movie i know and like, it's like we can't expect all that much from yeah it. like wonder woman i i liked wonder woman a lot like, okay, i loved wonder woman when i first saw it but i do think there's some really dumb stuff in that movie i wouldn't disagree and I think that we overlook it because Gal Gadot is badass and because the movie had some really great set piece moments mm-hmm. and because compared to other DC movies, it actually looked awesome. Like it, it was like a good, it, but compared to a lot of that stuff. It I enjoyed good. myself genuinely yeah. while watching it. And yes. I can't say that about a lot of the, DC new DC movies. films. Yeah. So just that alone. It's that whole thing with expectations. The right. lower they are, like the more And they were be. so low at that point. Like legitimately DC had had set the bar so low that Wonder Woman just by being not bad felt awesome. Right. And it does still have some great stuff where you look at it and you're like that's a lot of fun, it's really cool. Yeah, no, there's a lot of things. I mean, I've rewatched it quite a few times, and there's a lot of things I realize that are bad and poorly done, but I still really like it, and it's yeah. got, like, enough style and, like, rewatchability yeah. for me. Uh, and that soundtrack, I love. The Wonder soundtrack's theme. great. The theme is great. Yeah. World War One. I, I think it was really cool to set the movie during World War One. Um, not only because, like, it was about, you know, her battling war essentially 
uh, and that being like the first great war that you, all the countries were involved in. The great war. The great, the war to end all wars. War. Yeah, that, exactly <laughs> that. So that was a great setting for it, and also we just don't see World War One movies that often. I mean, before nineteen seventeen, I feel like that was the first World War One movie. I had seen in so long. Like, yeah. I mean, they definitely used war as a theme. Yes. And used themes from war, which was really interesting for a superhero movie. Yeah. No, I agree. It was and cool. It was a cool choice, though. It was a cool choice. I love that it was a historical war instead of just being like a modern war. Yes. I don't know what this one's going to be about, really. I don't... Yeah, we don't have a very clear picture of that. I know that we do see her lassoing from lightning bolts. That's cool. I know. <laughs> She's literally riding the lightning. I noticed that when I watched the trailer this time. For my like... for like the fifth time. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Does she have an invisible jet in this too? Because she had Oh, one. maybe. Because we haven't seen her in an invisible jet yet. Well, you wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> That's right. a fair point. Uh, but what we do see her so in dumb. is like a badass gold suit of armor yeah we do see that that's kind of cool i mean i mean the poster getting, alone is amazing it, the poster is so good i mean they're really getting into the style here yeah i don't know if it's well, hey guys remember the 80s yeah which hollywood is capitalizing on like, so hard so right hard now. and i can't even hate it because i love that i know like i like that too much to be mad at exactly it. so i'm just gonna let it happen yeah because it's gonna happen anyways yeah uh but and then we have kristen wig with crimped hair Mm-hmm. She, she's our villain. We don't really see her. I don't know if that villain has like a, a costume per se or like a... Do you remember the name of the character? Is it Cheetah? Oh, yeah. I mean, she looks outrageous. I'm pretty sure in the comics. Okay. Yeah. So I we haven't seen her look like that yet. Yeah. She looks like Chitara from Thundercats. Yeah, that's... that's okay. That's like, what I more or less. thought. Yeah. Um, and we actually don't see in the trailer the any inkling of her being the villain i just know that she is yeah i mean we see her like give a look but really all it looks like is it's Kristen wig and she's like chatting with wonder yeah. woman and then we see one other slow-mo shot of her walking and that's it yeah so i want to see what she like looks like as a villain yeah the trailer does not give us much anything for like plot and then we have steve trevor back, back. Yeah. even though he spoiler alert if you haven't seen the first wonder woman he dies at the end yeah so i was a little bit upset that they brought chris pine back because why and how yeah although he also died 70 years ago oh yes that's the other thing and he's <laughs> now he's back and yeah. he hasn't aged a day yeah i think it has something to do with the villain, Kristen Wiig's character, yeah. because there's one shot in the trailer where she looks over at a picture of Steve Trevor, I think with Wonder Woman, or I can't remember if it's I with her, remember. but he's in the picture, and it's from way back when, before he died, um, and then a watch under it. So she looks over that with some sort of meaningful look, so maybe she's done something to, like, probably not bring him back from the dead, maybe, like, a clone. She's done something. Yeah, I think that this is her doing, like, and I just don't know, I don't know what this choice is to bring Steve Trevor back. But I'm curious how they yeah. explain this. Yeah. <laughs> explain yourself. Explain yourself immediately. Because you know they just wanted to use Chris Pine again. Yeah. They were just like, that was, there's enough chemistry there. We don't lose it. Chris Pine's good. You know. There, yeah. It's an, it's a, it feels like a cash grab 
to bring him back. Uh, I I am interested to see if if they somehow justify it or if it just feels as cheesy as. Yeah, I hope it's not you know. quite as cheap as it sounds or feels. Right. Uh, so yeah, very excited for Wonder Woman 1984 that comes out this summer. I don't remember when, but it's this summer. Yeah. But yeah, that's all that I can think of off the top of my head that I am looking forward to. Anything else for you? Yeah, there's one more. Okay. Say twenty four. Weird. What is it? It's a uh, Saint Maud. Okay, I don't think that. Oh wait, no, I did. I watched that trailer. I sent you the trailer. Yeah, you did. I hope you were a good friend. And you watched. It. I did. I did watch <laughs> it. That movie looks like it's going to be incredibly uncomfortable. Yep. Uh, but in good ways, in ways that I want it to be. It looks like it's following in the very healthy sort of legacy of, you know, The Exorcist and The Omen and stuff. But it also feels like it's got like a Joan of Arc vibe. I was going to say I kind of got Carrie vibes. And Carrie, it, you know, it, the the misunderstood outsider who fought, who is tied up with religion. Yeah, and, heavy religious themes. Yeah, and I, I think like... I, I encourage you to just watch the trailer. Like, I feel like talking about it, it just, it doesn't sound special. But I feel like when you see the trailer, it does look unique. It looks like something that, you know, you haven't necessarily seen before. And it looks like it's just going to be a good movie. Like, yeah. Regardless of whether or not it's, like, scary. It does look like it's going to be very disturbing. Um, I feel like you're going to see a lot of things that you probably don't feel like you should see. But I like that. I like when movies push boundaries in a meaningful way and don't just do it to be gratuitous push, yeah, and no, shock value torture and, porn. Yeah, absolutely. I hate that stuff. Like, do. I just never need it again. Speaking of torture porn, I saw a trailer for the new Saw movie. Well, from the, the new Saw movie? Yeah, that Chris Rock directed. What? Wait. Wait, I did know that. Yeah, it's called Spiral. It's from the book of Saw, it says. I'm in, I'm interested to see what this is, where this is going. But, I mean, uh, I would like to hope that it's a fresh start. Um, it looks very different from yeah. like the, I mean, the first Saw was actually pretty good. Yeah, it like, was like a decent movie. It was like a cop drama, but with with torture porn, pretty much. It was like it was like Seven with more torture porn. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, it just got like very dumb. Yeah, dumb. It was uh, just like. Here's ways to fill gross Cash grabs again. Yeah. But uh, this seems like a departure from where that was going. Uh, I, not much indication just from the trailer if it's going to be like good or or whatever. But yeah. it's I'm interested You're now. You're interested, yeah. Well, I'd heard of that, but yeah. I haven't seen anything about it. I Yeah, this was the first I had seen. Yeah. So, I mean... All in all, I think this is looking like a really exciting year for movies for me. The fact that I can like name off a few that I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I feel so good about that I'm like, this is probably going to be my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, and there's, I mean, plenty more to look forward to as well that we haven't discussed yet, or yeah. it's a lot that we don't even know about yet, so we'll see. Yep. So yeah, thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about this hodgepodge of films that we have seen and want to see. And again, if you have any film commentary or questions or whatever that you want to send us, 
We do have an email, weirdflicks, but okay, podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook and I think Twitter. Yep, we are on all those social media platforms as well, although not very active, but we're there. So if you send us a message, we will see it and we will respond. Yes. So until next time.